Welcome to TNT Sports Talk. Today is Thursday, August 9th. As always, we are presented by D's Home Cuts. I'm your host, Travis Karcheski, joined by my co-host, Truman Karcheski. How's it going, guys? We're joined back in studio today by Zach Berloven. Thanks for having me, guys. Former uh, last year's uh, Fantasy Football League champion. Uh, it's going to help us break down a little bit later in the show, give you the tips to win your league. Uh, I won two years ago. Zach won last year. So, and Truman's, Truman's always right there. So, uh got some pretty good expertise in the building right now but we're going to start with hard knocks whoa Epis- whoa whoa wait why don't we start with the top news in sports what's the top news in sports urban meyer's still not the head coach at ohio state ohio state released a statement saying it will be done before school starts on the 20th so he'll be the head coach the investigation will be done i mean it's nobody's talking about it anymore because it's blown over like I wait said. but you said on tuesday yeah uh, he'll be the head coach by next never episode, said he'd be head resolved. coach by the end of the no end, worries. By the end of well next if it's episode. still going everyone it's still going it'll be over like i said by the 20th i guess the investigation will be over yeah okay so he'll be back here soon okay we'll see and like i said it's pretty much blown over they don't nobody's talking about it anymore um but Tuesday, right? It was Tuesday. Episode one for Hard Knocks came out. Uh, Browns got an inside look into the Browns training camp. No, Zach's big Browns guy. Uh, it was pretty interesting. Um, you know, Hard Knocks is one of the, I think, one of the best shows on television. It really gives you an inside look into training camp and how teams work. Uh, you've seen over the years, you know, a couple guys on the bubble who turned out to be pretty good players. You know, Danny Amendola, Danny Woodhead, uh, Chris Hogan was on there. Uh, and now we're still looking for that with the Browns. And, you know, I think we really got a good inside look, especially Jarvis Landry, I think, is now, my Zach, you can talk about this, he's probably the Browns' favorite player right now, Browns fans. That speech he gave was intense, and I mean, that hyped up, I think, any Browns fan, no matter, you know, how much you believe in this team. Yeah, Jarvis looked just great in the entire show, it looked like he's taking on a leadership role, but the one thing that really stood out to me also was Hugh Jackson, and his time he puts into football just being out on the practice field hours after your mom passes away that's just got to be yeah. so hard that was insane where he's like oh guys my mom my mom and brother you know died in the span of two weeks and then he's like okay well now we got to watch this tape right now yeah like, he just flipped the switch and it's like that's something really hard to do to just go back to work and he just did it like it was like no big deal and then you saw you know obviously the moment where he broke down in tears which was pretty sad um but I think everybody kind of gained a new respect for Hugh Jackson over the course of that episode. Yeah, he's a good coach. I don't think people realize it. He took a, a mediocre to bad Raiders team to 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven, and then Al Davis made one of his bold moves and fired him, which made no sense to me. But then he, you know, he took a coordinating job in Cincinnati and stuff like that, and he was a good coordinator for them. I think he made them look like a better offense than they actually were. Um, and then he took the head coaching job in Cleveland. He hasn't had any type of talent in Cleveland, um, which leads to his 1-31 record. Um, but this season, he finally got talent. He's finally got the pieces. And I think people are going to realize he's such a good coach. Um, and I think they made the right decision by not firing him. Uh, but this is his make-or-break year. He's got to win some games this season. But Hugh Jackson is a very good coach, and I think people saw that in the first episode of Hard Knocks. Yeah, you can really see this team has talent. They have the talent to really do something special. Uh, they can easily turn this thing around from 0-16 to a possible, you know, playoff team. Uh, it's just going to take, you know, everybody kind of coming together. Uh, you know, they've had talent in the past, but every single time it seems like they're ready to put it together, something happens and it just falls apart. But I think this this feels a little bit different this year, uh, especially, you know, getting a, hard, a look into hard knocks. This team does look a little different, but we still have those off-the-field problems. Antonio Callaway... Uh, he was cited for marijuana possession, uh, I don't think it was like earlier in the summer, um, and he had a small amount of weed in his car, some parts from a gun, some bullets, so that's a little concerning, you know, Zach, you can talk a little bit more about this, I mean, that's gotta be pretty concerning as a Browns fan. Yeah, you know, so, at first, obviously, yeah, I see the news, pops up on my phone all over Twitter, I'm like, great, this guy's Josh Gordon 2.0, it's gonna be worse, but, you know, I... Looked into it a little further, and he's got he's putting some blame on other people here. So apparently, he just got his car shipped in. You know, apparently the weed was such a small amount, he's under his seat, he didn't know it was there. Apparently, he didn't know those parts to the gun were in his car. Yeah. So, you know, he might be innocent. Apparently, the team believes 
He's telling the truth that he's innocent. They're just mad that, you know, he didn't come to the coaching staff, come to Dorsey that when this happened. But, you know, who knows? Right now, he's looks like he's not going to get suspended unless it's suspended by the team. But looks like he's going to be fine for the NFL. But just got to wait and see. Hopefully, he's telling the truth. Hopefully, it wasn't his weed. But, you know, you can never know with him. Yeah, I... I think they traded Corey Coleman because I think this is their guy. I think he's going to be a good player for them. And then it happened right after they traded Corey Coleman. Um, so I think that's just that's a really bad luck. Uh, but I think he's going to be okay. I mean, it's, I mean, he's putting up a good story. Uh, I don't really know if it's true or not. But, you know, I, I like to believe it is. And um, I, I think he'll be okay. I don't think he'll be suspended. If not, it'll be like a two-game, one-game, if that. And I think he'll be fine. I, I think he's going to be a good receiver. He's just got to clean up his, you know, past. Yeah, no, from all accounts, he's having a really good camp. And this is their guy, I guess, going forward. That's why they got rid of Coleman. But uh, we'll see what happens because you never know. Uh, hopefully this doesn't turn into some, you know, long-time, you know, troubles for him. Uh, but we're going to move on to our last team. We're going to review. Uh, we've done all 30. We've done 31 teams. Going to finish up with 32 today with the Seahawks. So 9-7 last year, but they've ever since that Super Bowl, they've been falling, and they've been falling pretty fast. Uh, just look over the offseason. I mean, I'm going to go ahead and say they lost Earl Thomas. I don't think he'll ever play for them again. Uh, you know, he wrote that article, basically said, you know, either pay me or trade me. So I don't think he'll be back. They lost Richard Sherman. Uh, they got rid of him. They lost Cam Chancellor, and they lost Jimmy Graham. So right there, right off the bat, Four Pro Bowl players just completely gone off this roster. Four key guys for the last couple years just gone. And then, you know, this offensive line has been, I mean, I think it's nice to say it's been a mess because it's just been a complete shit show the last couple years. You know, then what did they do in the first round? They took Rashad Penny, who wasn't even projected to go in the first round, when they had a couple quality offensive linemen right there on the board. Uh, they fixed it a little bit. They took Jamarco Jones from Ohio State. He's a solid tackle. But they really needed some help on the offensive line, and they just didn't get that from the draft or even free agency. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me what they were doing. Um, I think this is a complete rebuild year for the Seahawks. I don't think they're going to be – I think they're going to be bad but not horrible. Um, You know, but it's just they got Russell Wilson. I think he's a top three most valuable player to his team. He scores so many points for them. He does everything. He runs around, does everything for them. But how longer can he keep? How much longer can he keep that up? And with less talent um, than he had, you know, it, he's gonna be without his safety blanket and Jimmy Graham. You know, he's still got Doug Baldwin, who's a, he's a pretty good receiver, but he's not top tier in any way. And you know, outside of that, you know, he lost what's Paul Richardson. You know, that's another big loss because he was another deep threat for them. So I don't really know what the Seahawks were thinking. You know, their defense is not even close. You know, Chancellor retired, Earl Thomas won't play for them, Richard Sherman's gone. Those are all huge pieces. They don't have, you know, the Legion of Boom anymore whatsoever. You know, so I think this is a year that the Seahawks have to rebuild. I think Pete Carroll's one more year and he's going to be done. Um, I don't think it's going to be a long rebuild for the Seahawks because they have their franchise quarterback. But um, this is this is not going to be a year where the Seahawks really compete, I don't think. Yeah, you look, I mean, they have talent. Two sides of the ball, they have top players. They have Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner, who is probably one of the best linebackers in the NFL. So you have a a leader on offense and a leader on defense, and then that's pretty much it. Uh, You know, I really like Chris Carson. He got hurt last year. He showed some flashes. Um, But then they took Penny in the first round, which really didn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense to anybody. Uh, And then they added Brandon Marshall, who's just a head case. I don't know if he has the talent to do anything anymore. Uh, They replaced Jimmy Graham and Luke Wilson with Ed Dixon, who was a backup tight end for the Panthers. Um, I just don't – I mean, and they they took Shaquem Griffin, which is, I guess, a cool story. Um, but this team is just a mess, I think, inside and out. Uh, players are fighting with other players. I just think the last couple of years, this team's been held together by wins, and now the winning's not going to be there, so it's just going to fall apart. Like I said, I think 6-10, and 10, I think they're going to fall pretty fast, and it's just going to be a mess every single game this entire year. I think it's 6-10 and 10, um, as well. I think the Seahawks are a team you don't want to play. I mean, you still don't want to go to Seattle. You still don't want to face that crowd. You still don't want to face Russell Wilson. But um, they're not going to be, you know, a top-tier team, you know, like they were in the past. Uh, I think 6-10. and 10, I think 7-9 and nine could possibly be there, too. But I'm going to go 6-10 and 10 right now. 
Speaking of uh, Seattle, how do you guys think the Earl Thomas situation is going to work itself out? Uh, he's gone. I don't think he's going to play there anymore. Uh, the Cowboys really want him. He really wants to play for the Cowboys. I don't think they'll resolve that anytime. I don't think he'll play another game in Seattle. I think Seattle's going to can get capital for him, and if they're rebuilding, the capital is very valuable. So I don't think he will play for them, and I think it's good for the Seahawks in ways because if they want to rebuild, then they're going to need all the stuff they can get from Earl Thomas. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. Uh, like I said, I think Seattle's on the downturn now. The last couple of years, Pete Carroll's I think's gone after this year. I don't think he stays. Um, next story is kind of a weird story in the NFL. We like to report on these uh, teams over the offseason usually have certain guys do different things to get them, you know, in shape, gain weight, lose weight, whatever. And then you got Noah Spence, who if defensive lineman for the Buccaneers, first round pick a couple years ago. He used to play for Ohio State, left because of you know off the field problems, uh, but he's been uh, kind of. A bust, I would say. He's been a light. He's been really light, you know, in terms of weight. He's not been, you know, in shape for a defensive lineman. So over the offseason, the Buccaneers told him he's got to start to gain weight, and they put him on a 9,000 calorie a day diet. Now that's a lot of calories. I saw. I was looking into it. He has to drink like four protein shakes a day. He's just got to keep eating and eating. You know, he said the other day that like eating food isn't even fun anymore for him, and he's just like hates having to sit down and eat meals. He's got to eat like Every couple, every like hour, he has to eat something, and that's that's insane. Nine thousand calories a day when you really sit down and look at it is a lot. And you know, hopefully this works for him because he was a good talent. But uh, I don't know, nine thousand calories is insane. Yeah, that's nuts. I mean, I you know, I would like. I mean, like I seem like I would like it. I mean, like if I could just eat whatever the hell I wanted. <laughs> And just, like, go all out with food. I would like, I can't, obviously, because I'm not an NFL player. I don't need to gain weight. But it would be fun in ways. But I can see how it would get disgusting after a while. Uh, but, you know, for the first couple, first month or so, and he could just go all out, um, I think it would be kind of cool. But I can see now how it's getting kind of gross and annoying. But, you know, if it's what it takes to, you know, make millions and keep playing in the NFL, I would do it. Well, I was thinking, like, yeah, it sounds fun, but then you think about it. It's probably not, like, just, like, fast food every night. They probably got them on, like, really healthy, like, stuff that just isn't fun to eat. And it's just kind of annoying. He just has to eat it every single second of every single day. Like, I drink, you know, a protein shake, like, maybe once a day. I don't think I could drink four of those a day. I think I'd get disgusted pretty quickly. Yeah, it would be pretty gross. But, like, if you think about it... Well, I mean, we probably eat, like, at most, like, 2,000, 3,000 calories a day. Can, yeah. Can you imagine tripling that? More than tripling that. Well, 3,000. Yeah, I'd, I'd say we're all probably around 2,000, yeah. 3,000. Yeah, I mean, that's insane. And like I said, it's probably healthy stuff. It's not, like, cakes and snacks and all this stuff. Um, but we'll see what happens. Because like I said, he was a pretty good talent coming out. I forget where he played. He played a small college. Um, but he was a first-round pick, a uh, pretty good pass rusher. And he, if he can develop into something, that defensive line with Jason Pierre-Paul, Bo Allen, uh, McCoy, this is a pretty scary defensive line, especially if Spence kind of turns it around. Uh, so today is Thursday. Uh, preseason games are back. We broke down our must-watch games on the last show. Uh, we won't be able to talk about Friday and Saturday's shows, um, so we're going to talk about them now there's four games two on friday two on saturday uh the friday games you got atlanta versus the jets you're gonna be able to watch sam darnold uh calvin ridley uh two pretty hyped up rookies and then you got detroit versus oakland you get to see john gruden back out there coaching it's gonna be i think one of the most entertaining things you'll watch all day that day uh so pretty good games there on friday yeah um i'm excited uh i'm just excited for tonight honestly i don't really care after the Packers play and I really want to see the Browns uh so I'm I'm pumped for tonight I I really just am excited for the Browns really I think because that this is like the first game where you see Baker Mayfield um he's gonna play a lot too I think said two quarters yeah two quarters yeah so that's huge uh you'll see Jarvis Landry for a little bit I bet you'll see Tyrod Taylor for a little bit just see everyone in those in that new uniform it's gonna be really cool uh, and then the Packers, obviously, I, I can't wait to watch them. So I'm just excited for tonight, really. Yeah, and then Saturday, you got Minnesota versus Denver, Kirk Cousins, Case Keenum. You get to watch that. And then the Chargers versus the Cardinals um, on, also on Saturday. Josh Rosen, who I'm really excited to watch. I think he's going to be really good, and that's going to be a really entertaining game. 
Yeah, uh, I think they're going to play... I think Sam Bradford will start, but he won't play very much because you probably want to protect Sam Bradford at all costs. Yeah. So And then you, Mike Glennon's on the roster, I still believe. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, <laughs> but so it looks like Rosen will probably get a lot of time. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see. Yeah, and then, you know, Chargers, uh, Derwin James, that's going to be cool to see him play. He's going to get a lot of playing time. Uh, but we're going to move now to baseball. That's it for football. Uh, we're going to do our fantasy review at the end of the show. Uh, we're going to move through these baseball and basketball headlines. Uh, but before that, I wanted to remind you that our show is brought to you by D's Home Cuts. D's is the best place around Northeast Ohio for a great haircut at a low price. For only $7, D's will provide you with a modern haircut and styling. Truman and I and Zach have been getting haircuts there for the last couple months. We have never looked or felt better. Uh, every time you go into the shop, you're going to get a professional cut. They get better every single time because Deez is always upgrading his equipment so he can give you the best haircut possible. Uh, you just added refreshments to the studio. Uh, we got a little mini fridge down there. You can sip on some nice, cool refreshments while you're getting your haircut. Uh, it's a great time. You can find him on Instagram at Dom's Home Cuts. Uh, you can set up an appointment right there in his bio with the link. Uh, trust me, you will not be disappointed. These home cuts, professional haircuts at a low price. So baseball, there's not a ton going on right now. The season's kind of hit the dog days. Um, but one interesting storyline is the position players pitching. So usually position players will pitch when your, your team is getting blown out and there's just really no need to bring in the bullpen guys or there's just no more bullpen guys left. Um, but this year it's kind of getting out of control. I mean, this is just July 24th. I got this stat. They had 41 position players pitched uh, so far in the season on July 24th. That number has went up, uh, you know, over the last couple weeks. And that's a league record. And we're not even halfway through the season there um, on 41 pitchers, players pitching. We're halfway through the season. It's like right there. I think right at halfway point it was a league record. 41 is not the record, but it's – well, it's the record now, but still going up. Um, so – I just want to get Truman's thoughts on this because I know it's it's strange. Has it gotten out of control for position players to pitch? I know it's cool to watch, but I know the MLB is talking about adding you know a 26 man, uh, adding another bullpen piece to kind of reduce this. Uh, but I don't know. It's kind of interesting to see position guys pitch, but it's also you know it's kind of boring because you know the game's out of hand at that point. Yeah, I mean it just depends. Does the MLB want to admit that? Um you know, the games are going to be more high scoring and stuff like that, then yeah, add uh, another player. But I don't think, I think, you know, blowouts, you know, it's just this year has been just kind of weird in ways that blowouts have happened more often. But I don't think it's a, it's something that's going to happen, you know, every single year and it's just going to get higher and higher and higher. It won't. But, you know, I, I think it's cool, you know, every once in a while when you see a position player pitching. And I don't think there's a need for a 26th man. But if you if this does keep getting out of control and baseball does change to where there's more blowouts here and there, then yeah, add a 26th man. But I don't think there's a need for it, um, and I don't think it's the first thing they need to worry about. But um, you know, it is. It's been. I just think it's been kind of a weird season in ways of blowouts, and I don't think people need to freak out about it. Yeah, well, the MLB wants to increase scoring because that draws fans, obviously. But now you want to. It kind of decreases scoring that if you bring in a 26th man. But it is entertaining every once in a while, but I think, you know, it's happening like once a week, twice a week, and it's kind of getting annoying, uh, you know, because these guys come in, and it's interesting to see how they do, but it also kind of ruins the game because, you know, you don't get to see, you know, those certain type of pitches that but, everyone loves But to if watch. the game's out of hand and it's in the 20 to 5 range, then the only thing that's going to keep you watching is to see a position player pitch. I mean, do you really, even then, it's not that entertaining to keep watching if your team's getting blown out. If Ryan Braun pitches, if the Brewers are down by 30 and the Ryan Braun pitches, I'd watch. Yeah, it's entertaining. It's a fun little sideshow, but it's not baseball. I think adding a 26-man wouldn't be crazy. I think they could do other things that would increase the, you know, watching this game more. Uh, adding a DH to the NL would help a lot. I know they're talking about that. Um I think adding a 26-man wouldn't be a terrible idea. It wouldn't be that big of a change at all. Most people wouldn't even notice. Um, and I think it would help. I don't think you would see this as much. Uh, but if you want to increase the offense in baseball, you know, don't get mad when it's 20-5 to 5 and guys are pitching their position players. So we'll keep watching on that. I think a rule is going to get done. I, I easily could see them adding a 26-man you know, next year. Um, but we'll see. We're going to move now to basketball. We're going a little quickly because we want to get to fantasy, a review. Uh, 
The Christmas Day schedule came out the other day. Uh, we'll run through these games. Uh, Bucks versus Knicks are going to lead it off. Um, kind of a boring game. Uh, then you got the Thunder versus the Rockets. Carmelo Anthony facing his former team. Uh, 76ers versus Boston. Good matchup. Uh, LeBron James and the Lakers going to play the Warriors. Obviously, you knew that was going to happen. Then finish it off with the Blazers and the Jazz. I know, Trim, Bucks fan, any other, any other of these games really intrigue you? I think LeBron... Um... I just want to see LeBron in the Lakers uniform. Uh, I know at that point it'll be we'll get used to it, but I think him playing the Warriors is that that's gonna be the first time he plays the Warriors. I think so. I'm not sure. Uh, so that'll be interesting. It's always interesting seeing him go up against the Warriors. Uh, but I think um, you know, like you said, the 76ers and Celtics. That's a good good game. You know, Knicks and Bucks. It's got some young talent Thunder in that versus game. Rockets. Thunder, yeah, Thunder versus Rockets. Uh, you know, obviously those are two. Second-tier teams in the West going at it. Um, I mean, they're all second-tier to the Warriors. No, Rockets got the number one seed last year. Second-tier to the Warriors. Uh, so, they're all interesting, you know, good games to sit down uh, around your family and watch. Yeah, it's... Christmas games are always exciting. They always put... I feel like LeBron always plays on Christmas uh, just because everyone wants to watch him. And he, he got the primetime slot, and that's going to be a good game to watch. Um, so, we're going to do our team reviews, run through them really quick. Got the Warriors and the Celtics. Uh, the number two seeds last year. I don't know how the Rockets are the second tier to the Warriors if they got the number one seed in the in the West. The NBA champs. But the Warriors, honestly, this team was dominant last year, and they got more dominant, adding DeMarcus Cousins and Jonas Jericho. Um, he's a solid bench player. He played for the Jazz last year. Uh, and they got they had a really good draft. Honestly, they took Jacob Evans, who played had a pretty solid year last year. And the Warriors do a great job in the offseason. Even though this team has all the talent in the world, they always seem to add to it, especially in the draft, because they always keep their first pick. And they always get somebody who slides. You know, they got Jordan Bell last year. He slid, and he turned to be a great piece for them. So just talent, adding more talent, becoming more dominant if it's even possible. Yeah, the Warriors are the NBA champions already. There's not a team in this league who can beat them when they're healthy. The only possible chance that the Warriors don't win the finals this year is if someone gets hurt, um, whether that's Steph Curry, whether it's Thompson, whether it's Green, whether it's Durant, whether it's Cousins again. But the Warriors, they're they're the best team of all time. Uh, they have possibly the best player in the game right now in Kevin Durant. They have great players around him in a top top 10 player in Steph Curry, um, a top 20 player in Klay Thompson, top 25 in Draymond Green. Um, and then DeMarcus Cousins, in my opinion, one healthy top 10 easily. So, you know, when you just have three top 10 players in itself, um, it's just unbelievable. There's not a team who can beat them right now. When healthy, no one matches up with them. You know, I, I you could say this team is just, it, it would not lose a game. Uh, it's it's an all-star it's an all-star lineup easily, um, but it'll be interesting to watch them and pl- teams trying to take them down. So in the Celtics last year, we got the number two seed. Uh, didn't have that exciting of an offseason, but in the way they, in a kind of a way they did, because they're going to be getting two superstars back next year with Gordon Hayward and Kyrie Irving out with injuries. Uh, Gordon the whole year he had that terrible injury on opening night, um, but he'll be back. Uh, in the draft, they got a steal, I think, in Robert Williams. I know he's had some kind of off the court issues, character uh, problems, and flaws, um, but when he is at his top. He is a really good player, a really good big, somebody who could be a solid backup behind Al Horford. Um, this team is interesting because this lineup, I know Truman said the Warriors are an all-star lineup. Celtics have an all-star lineup. If you really go down through it, Kyrie Irving, Al Horford, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown. I mean, this is this team compares to the Warriors, I think. They're right there. I mean, the talent is They're there. Right there. So in I, the seven-game series, you think the Celtics are? I think they the make seven? it interesting. I don't think it's as clean-cut as people think. I think with Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward coming back, the Celtics, it's interesting, and they got a really good bench. I think their bench is almost better than the Warriors. Um, the starting lineup's not there yet, compared. You know, we can go right back to back with the Warriors, but you know, I think Kyrie and Steph match up well. Um, you know, Tatum plays really well, pretty tough defense. He stepped up versus LeBron last year. Horford's a solid veteran. Hayward's a beast. And then, you know, Jalen Brown. Who's, Kevin Durant. Jalen Brown shut down LeBron last Kevin year. Durant. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, what do you mean? Jalen no Brown shut down. No one's matching up with Kevin Durant. No one's matching up with Kevin Durant. 
Well, I mean, you can say that, but I think these guys match up pretty well. I think this team matches up with, with the Rockets. I see the Rockets and the Celtics match up the best with the Warriors. I would agree. I think the Celtics match up best to the Warriors, but I, the one difference is Kevin Durant. You um, can't just keep saying that name. It doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, Jalen Brown can guard Kevin Durant. Though. He can? Yes. You really think he yes, can? Yes, I think he can. No, he can. Jalen Brown, you, you can say that over and over again, but it's tough to guard Kevin Durant. And yeah. he's the biggest matchup problem Tough to guard LeBron, too, and Jalen Brown did it. Did he? Yeah. LeBron still put up 28 a game. Yeah, and Kevin Durant's still going to get his points, but I think Jalen Brown locked him up the best that anybody could. Mm-hmm. Well, you say he shut down LeBron, and LeBron still put up near 30 a game. And I think that's the best you're gonna shut down LeBron though. That's the best you're probably gonna shut down KD is probably 30 yeah. 28 a game. Okay, well you're still gonna have that in your lineup. Yeah, and you're still gonna have Jalen Brown in your lineup. What did Jalen Brown's also not a scorer either? He's, he can score. Can he score 28? Can he match up with? He Ke- can score 20. Can he match up with Kevin Durant? He can score 20 a night. Can he match up with? He Kevin can score Durant? 20 a night. But the thing is, Kyrie is one of the better scorers in Steph the league. Curry. Gordon Hayward is better, one of the Clay better scorers in the league. Al Horford's a solid big. Yeah, Al Horford's 56 years old. Jason Tatum is... No, he's not. He's still good. Yeah, he's 56 years old. He's DeMarcus still really Cousins? good. You think he guard DeMarcus Cousins? DeMarcus Cousins ain't going to be the same with that Achilles injury. DeMarcus Cousins. You think he'd really be able to guard DeMarcus Cousins? Ain't going to be the same with that Achilles injury. That slows we'll people that. down. Slow Kobe down. Um, <laughs> we're going to move now to our fantasy review. Uh, but before that, I want to remind you that our show is brought to you by A's Lawn Service. Since 2014, A's has been providing professional landscaping to many homes around Northeast Ohio. By using professional equipment, A's constantly strives to provide families with professional landscaping at a low and fair price. Zach, are you tired of being dragged around by bigger landscaping companies? Uh, yes, yes, I am. Turn to A's, and trust me, your lawn your home will never look better. Trust A's for all your landscaping needs, and you will not be disappointed. The phone number is 330-241-2392, and the email is lawnservice.a's at gmail.com. A's Lawn Service LLC. You grow it, we cut it. So, fantasy football is coming up. Uh, we got our draft on Saturday. Um, it's in a pretty competitive league. I know a lot of people do pretty competitive leagues nowadays. Uh, people take it over the top. Uh, so, we thought we'd give, you know, we're going to go position by position, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, defense, and even kicker. Uh, we're going to give top three at each position, our opinion, a sleeper at each position, and then an overrated guy at each position. Okay. Uh, so we'll start with quarterback. We'll go around the table, do our number ones. Aaron, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. All right. Number two, I did Russell Wilson. Number two for me, Drew Brees. I got Brady at two. Okay. Whoa. So a little bit different. I mean, you said yesterday, Russell Wilson, you said today, actually, he's a top three player to his team. Just he, he doesn't just, really have, anybody. still doesn't really have a line. doesn't really have any He didn't receivers. have a line last year, though, and I feel like the, the, the running backs got a little better. Chris Carson, Rashad Drew, Penny's Drew a good. Drew throws nearly 5,000 yards. I had Drew Brees last year. Every game, he throws one touchdown, one pick, gives you 10 points. Drew Brees throws near 5,000 oh, yards right, a game. One touchdown, one pick, every game. I didn't game even have Drew Brees in my top three. Okay, well, I have Brady rounding out my three. Oh, Brady has no weapons. Brady's but still. Brady, yeah, Brady still has no weapons. No. Brady has no weapons. Who's Gronk's out by week three. Right. Who's who's three? Cam Newton. Cam Newton. I got Russell Wilson. Why three. would you put Russell Wilson behind Cam Newton though? What do you mean? What do you mean? I feel like Russell Wilson's a better cam- version of Cam Newton. I think Cam Newton's got more more talent around him. I think DJ Moore is it's. A rookie. Who else? You got Greg, Greg Olson, DJ Greg Moore. Greg Olson, DJ Moore. Um, oh, I guess they got McCaffrey, too. He's a receiving McCaffrey. back. McCaffrey. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I, I like the way he runs. I think Cam Newton, you know, I think you got to look at the way. I think Baldwin's a better offensive weapon than all of those guys. Oh, great. I think so. I don't know. So. DJ Moore's yeah. got a lot of potential. DJ Moore's got potential, but he's a rookie. He hasn't you, think he's, you think Baldwin's a better offensive option than Greg Olson? Yes. No, that, okay, that's wrong. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I wrong. have I don't think Greg Olson's a top three fantasy tight end. Well, okay, well, maybe not last year because he was hurt 95% last know. year. But I like Greg Olson, but like you said, he was hurt last year. You think Baldwin's a top Getting three wide receiver? He's, he's contemplating retiring. No, he's contemplating retiring. The only uh, option the Seahawks have passing-wise is Doug Baldwin, and you're telling uh, me... Lock it. Oh, sh- oh, oh my, my gosh. gosh! Teams are just gonna teams are gonna have to Rashad nearly Penny's, double Rashad guard. Penny. Rashad Penny was a third round running back that drafted in the yeah. first round. Hey, he you can receive out of that backfield. That's all oh, I'm saying. Russell Wilson's got the magic feet. Um, 
he just runs around. I think he's a fan, top fantasy quarterback, a top three, easily. He's top five, but not top three. You were like, you loved him the, uh, Tuesday, and you you put him above Cam Newton? You put Cam Newton above him? Yeah. How? I, I wouldn't trust Cam Newton either. I just... I had Cam Newton last year, and he's good quarterback, decent, but he's not... When know? Cam Newton is on, he, he'll give you 40 yeah, points a game. He's oh. on maybe three games out of the year. No. He was an MVP two years ago. Two years ago, and then well, he sucked yeah, last no. year. All right. We'll do our sleeper. I'm going Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco is in a contract year. You saw what he did last contract year. He won a Super Bowl. Uh, he's got some competition behind him with uh, Lamar Jackson. He's got some uh, some decent weapons. Not great. Uh, I think, uh, who's he got there? Crabtree. Uh, Willie Sneeds. Willie Sneeds, a solid <laughs> receiver. Yeah, Whoa. what? First round Crabtree's tight end in Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst is... 45 years old, and he's a rookie. I, yeah, I don't know. No. Flacco in a contract year scares me. I think he puts it on. Take he's had a great up, camp so far. He's had a great Flacco. camp so far. I think he take could Flacco be a solid sleeper. My, take Flacco off my All right, go. Who's your sleeper? Board for me. Who's your sleeper? My sleeper is Alex Smith. Uh, oh, no hey, how's Flacco better than Alex Smith? Is Alex Smith better than and, Joe Flacco? Ninety-nine point seven percent of the people in They're this the world. They're the same guys. No, they no, aren't. Alex Smith was better last year, but I don't know. Both of them are so risky going into this year. They have Smith, no weapons. Al- Ladarius guys is a beast. Oh, he hasn't even played a down. Paul yet. Richardson's a beast. Paul Richardson. Oh my God. He's Jordan Richardson's a beast. Jordan Richardson. Who? Jo- or Jordan Richardson. <laughs> um, Paul. Oh, I said Paul, Paul Richardson. Reed. Jordan Reed Jordan is Reed a beast. Is, he's brain dead. <laughs> he's hey, well, so many Josh Doxson is a beast. Who? Josh Doxson oh, is a beast. Oh my gosh. Alex Smith performs year in and year out as one of the most consistent no, quarterbacks in the no. league. Last and year he was his no only love. relevant year was he last year. He gets no love. Alex only Smith. Only relevant year was last year. He's top 10 quarterback. No, he's yes, not. Yes, he is. Alex Smith oh gets no love. Gosh. Everyone says he's a dump off quarterback, but he had the best completion percentage as a deep ball up in the year. He throws it to tight um, kill deep. No, oh my well, gosh. he's going to throw it to Paul Richardson deep Paul this year. Oh, my gosh. And the Paul Redskins Richardson. are going to be good this year, and Alex Smith is going to be a very good fantasy quarterback for whoever gets. Him. All right, who's your sleeper? <laughs> All right, sleeper is Tyrod Taylor. That's a good oh, job. Uh, I was gonna, I was gonna take Tyrod. Yeah, you know, he's Baker behind him. He's got a bunch of weapons. Even if, if Gordon comes back, you know, they're putting up at least a hundred a game. Man, that that's gonna be exciting to watch. If he can hold on to the starting position. All right, overrated. This is gonna get a little contentious. I would say Jimmy Garoppolo here. I think he's got a lot of hype. He didn't really put up great fantasy numbers. I, uh, he's gonna be my overrated. But Deshaun Watson's there too. I think. He put up four really good games, ACL tear. Going to take away that, that running ability a little bit, like RG3 kind of. Uh, so I think Deshaun Watson and Jimmy Garoppolo, I'll put Jimmy Garoppolo as the most overrated guy. I'm taking Kirk Cousins. Um, everyone wants to talk Kirk Cousins like a top five quarterback and throws for a bunch of yards and touchdowns and all that. But he's going to a new team. Um, I'm not too high on their weapons as everyone else is. Everyone loves Stephon Diggs and Thielen. Um, I'm not too high on them. Um, I don't know. I just don't think Kirk Cousins is as good as people say he is. Um, and I see a lot of people going into this fantasy year being like, oh, Kirk Cousins is a great second, you know, guy, you know, maybe even first guy, um, in some leagues, but I don't think so. Uh, I'd take him, just throw him on my bench for whenever Aaron Rodgers is a freaking bye week. Uh, but I'm going to go Kirk Cousins. All right, Zach. So I also went to Sean Watson just because, you know, great talent. You know, he's going to, he can put up huge numbers, but he's not gonna be able to stay healthy I just he had injury problems all through his high school and college career and it's gonna obviously continue into the NFL you know I love the guy I love watching the guy but I'm scared to take him in fantasy especially as early as some people are he just mm-hmm. he's gonna and plus that ACL you made the great connection yeah. with RG3 uh, I could see that happen again yeah it's kind of scary if I'm a Texans fan um all right let's do running backs number one I left Le'Veon Bell off this list, not because I don't think he's a top three running back. I do, but I have no clue when he's going to come back. So that's a little dangerous right now. I'm going to go Gurley at number one. Gurley number one. Gurley number one for me too. Two, I could put Zeke Elliott here, but I'm going to put David Johnson, one healthy, and he was the number one running back a year ago, two years ago. Uh, He's going to come back healthy. David Johnson, number two. David Johnson. I also have David Johnson, number two. Three, I put Zeke Elliott. One of the best running backs in the league when he's on the field, and he's going to be on the field full 16 games. Uh, not not a lot of run, wide receivers there in Dallas. Running game is going to be their main thing. Yeah, I'm going to take Zeke here too. Just I love that offensive line. 
But it does scare me that there's no passing game um, because I feel like teams are just going to stack the box. But that's also dangerous because Dak can run too. Uh, so I'm going to go Zeke at three. Yeah, I feel like with the lack of weapons that Cowboys have at receiver, they're going to be running the ball mm-hmm. a lot. So I just feel like Zeke is a good, solid draft pick for this year. All right, sleepers. Uh, mentioned it earlier. I think Darius Geis is a sleeper. He's going to be that workhorse guy. I really like Chris Thompson out of that backfield. So if he's a guy you add later rounds, that would really help. Cause he, he's a PPR god. Uh, he's a receiving running back. He got me like 20 points a game last year before he got hurt. Um, but Geis, I think, is going to be that workhorse. Uh, you saw last year what an LSU running back does when he gets onto the NFL, and he is the workhorse. Uh, Alex Smith, I love him, but I don't think – I think – you're going to want to run the ball a little bit more than you're going to want to pass the ball here. I think like Darius Geis can get his money when he's catching the ball. You think Geis? Geis is not a receiving back, oh, running yeah, back, especially when you got Chris Thompson out of that backfield. I think I think he is. So I'm think... putting Geis there as my sleeper. Um, my, How are you going to sleep on Joe Mixon? Joe Mixon is my guys. sleeper uh, from my Bengals. Um, Your Bengals. Bengals. My Bengals ain't got much. Um, <laughs> they, they, you know, they got A.J. Green, but who knows? Andy Dalton, nothing. So I think Joe Mixon's going to be, you know, a workhorse for them. Jeremy Hill's not there anymore. I think they're going to work their offense a lot around Joe Mixon this year. I think he's a perfect flex option, second running back. Um, watch Joe Mixon this year. Not enough people not enough people are talking about my Bengals. Your Bengals. <laughs> so what about him splitting carries with Bernard? Oh, Bernard's been splitting carries his whole entire career. Um, That's why Jeremy Hill was never a top running back. No, though. no, I think they're about. I think Joe Mixon. This is the final of the year. You know, he wasn't always healthy last year. So I think Joe Mixon. This is the year where he uh, he kind of takes you know the number one role, and Giovanni Bernard can be the third down back. All right, for my sleeping running back, I got Carryon Johnson, the Lions okay. running back. I feel like he's gonna. Start slow. You know, he's going to be splitting carries with, I, I think they have Abdullah there. I don't know any yes, of the running backs. But then yeah. I think, I feel like as the season goes on, he's going to increase carries. Maybe halfway through week five, you're going to see an explosion. He's just, he's going to have a great game. It's going to put him up there, and he's going to get majority of the carries for the Lions. Mm-hmm. All right, overrated. I'm going to do Alvin Kamara. I know he had a great year last year, uh, but he doesn't, he's not, he's going to be the first guy without Mark Ingram for those first four games. Does he step up? Or does he do a sophomore slump, which I could easily see now that teams are going to be keying on him? Nobody expected him to do what he did last year. Nobody even expected him to be, you know, a Pro Bowl player. But he was, and he was one of the best running backs in the league last year. So this is a risky pick. If you pass on him and he turns out to be really good, you know, you're going to be kicking yourself. But if you pass on him and he play, he you know sucks it up, sophomore slump, you're going to be, you know, happy that Travis told you this. So Alvin Kamara overrated. Uh, my overrated is Kareem Hunt. Um, I think Kansas City, I, I think people, you know, they saw the stats with Kareem Hunt and, you know, they were ridiculous last year. You know, he had over, you know, way over a thousand yards. He was a leading rusher. But, you know, people, that was a lot of that was in the first six to seven games. And, you know, he got, a you know, kind of slumped in the second half of the season. You know, he picked it up towards the end, but he did slump in the second half. And I think people want, are going to see a sophomore slump from Kareem Hunt. You know, it's a new kind of, it's not it's not new offense, but it is in ways, you know, you're going to have a new quarterback, not the same offensive coordinator. Uh, so I think uh, Kareem Hunt's going to take a little bit of a step back, and I don't think he should be, you know, you know, top running back this in this year's fantasy draft. The only thing about Kareem Hunt that I uh, like this year is that he's going on along with a quarterback that hasn't started a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they're going to need to run the ball a lot. They're going to probably have a lot of check downs just to get um, Mahomes' confidence up. For, uh, okay, so for my bust at running back, I got Jarrett McKinnon. Oh, wow. That's you, true. you know, so a couple years back, I think I think it was when AB, AP was suspended. Everyone was like, take McKinnon, he's going to get a bunch of carries. He's going to show up these first couple of games when AP's gone. But he shit the bed, and he didn't do anything. And I feel like he's alone back in San Francisco this year, and he's going to shit the bed. And he's going really high in a lot of fantasy drafts, but I just I don't trust it. I don't understand why the what the hype is around Jared McKinney. He hasn't done anything, and he got some big old contract. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, now we're going to go to wide receivers. A.B. A.B., number one. A.B. Number two, I put Julio. I put Odell. Odell, really? Yeah, I like Odell a lot. I say Hopkins at two. Yeah, I like Hopkins a lot. Uh, Hopkins... The third guy here I have, and Hopkins went back and forth. I'm going to say Michael Thomas. Uh, not in terms of pure skill, but PPR, yes, he is a no Over one. Hopkins. It's right there, I would say. Over Odell. Yeah, I don't trust Odell this year. 
Okay. Eventually uh, with Saquon Barkley, Barkley, they're going to want to try out that nice new toy they got there on offense. Odell, my I don't num- know. My number three is Julio. So you said they're going to run a lot with that new offense in New York, but you run to set up the pass. That's true. To get true. the running game going, I think Odell's going to have a good year. So I got him at three. Okay. Um, I respect that. I think Odell and Hopkins belong in the top three, but there's only three spots. Um, sleeper, a little bit, little bit of a different pick. I'm going to go Sammy Watkins. I think Watkins, big arm, Patrick Mahomes, Sammy Watkins, a solid, really good deep threat wide receiver. Uh, Tyreek Hill is going to get those little check downs so he can run for 400 yards. Sammy Watkins is going to be the big play guy, and Patrick Mahomes is a big play deep ball quarterback. Sammy Watkins, book it. All he needs is one long catch a game. He's going to get you number one wide receiver points. Number one wide receiver. I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know. Um... My sleeper, Jordy Nelson. My oh, I, I, The my worst decision the Packers ever made in my time as being a Packer fan, my time since I was birthed, um, <laughs> was getting rid of Jordy Nelson. Uh, you know, he didn't have the production um, because of freaking Brett Hundley last year, and the Packers made a dumb decision to get rid of him because um, he wouldn't take – I mean, he would take a pay cut, but he, they wanted to pretty much make him have him make nothing. Uh, so he left for Oakland. I think Derek Carr is bound for a bounce-back year. I think John Gruden's bound to have that offense running um, like a well-oiled machine. I think, uh, you know, Mark Cooper, that's another one um, on this list. I think he's going to have another bounce-back season. But Jordy Nelson, I would definitely pick him up. I think he's a good flex, good maybe number two wide receiver. And um, I think, you know, he's going to have a big year. All right, my sleeper, I got Corey Davis on Tennessee. I just feel like he's going to have a great bounce-back year. Apparently he's been doing really well in camp. They get shut down sometime against one play Butler. Some of those videos have been surfaced on Twitter. But, you know, I, I I liked him coming out of college. And, you know, he had battle injuries this year. But he's got a young quarterback. And I think he's going to do something this year. I just like him. All right, my overrated is A.J. Green. I like A.J. Green. I think he's a really good player. I don't like Andy Dalton. I think Andy Dalton's complete trash. I picked him last year, cut him like week three. He's trash. He's not a good uh, quarterback. Uh, I know... He kind of caught the league by storm by just throwing him up to A.J. Green. I don't think A.J. Green's a bad receiver. I think Andy Dalton's a trash quarterback. And, you know, they got John Ross. He's going to be healthy. They're going to try to try him out a little bit more. Uh, they really like Tyler Boyd. He's had a pretty good camp. A.J. Green's the number one receiver, don't get me wrong. But Andy Dalton's just a trash quarterback, and I don't think he'll be able to get the ball to A.J. Green. Don't talk on my Bengals. No, oh, Andy um, trash. <laughs> no, they suck. But, <laughs> uh... My uh, overrated receiver, I'm sick and tired about hearing about this Stephon Diggs. Uh, he's on my overrated receiver. Uh, I just feel like Minnesota's got some weapons, um, and I don't think he's the number one wide receiver. I, I really don't. I don't feel like uh, you know he hasn't had that great of production. People just overrate him because he's athletic, um, and he makes big catches. But I think he's overrated. I think people are going to you know hype him up to be possibly their number one, number two wide receiver. I think flex at best, um, but... Uh, he's my overrated receiver. So an overrated receiver, I got Keenan Allen. Wow. You know, Ooh, he had a good respect. year last year. A great year last year, actually. But a man can't ever stay healthy. I'm not drafting him first round, second round, third round. I'll think about it fourth round, but he's going to be gone by then. <laughs> I just, I don't see it. I, He's going to get hurt. The Chargers curse. They got so many people hurt every year. And this year it's going to be Keenan Allen again. All right. Tight ends. Gronk. Gronk. Jimmy Graham. Number one tight end. Jimmy Graham. Oh, my Jimmy Graham. Purposely because the man is going to score 15 to 20 touchdowns this year. Oh, my gosh. What are the biggest – what's the biggest point maker in fantasy football? Touchdowns. Gronk, yes. Gronk is Gronk. But he can't stay healthy. And Jimmy Graham is getting the ball in the red zone every single time. Patriots have no weapons really other than Gronk now. Jimmy Graham is going to be money in the red zone for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. I think Jimmy Graham should be your number one tight end this year. All right, so we know Truman's taking with his tight end. Um, Zach, you had Gronk number one. Yeah, I got Gronk at one, too. Two, Travis Kelsey. Two, Gronk. Travis Kelsey at two. Three is a little... I would say Zach Ertz for me, number three. He was a solid tight end all year last year. Three, Kelsey. I got Zach Ertz at three, too. All right, I have two sleepers here. I have Jordan Reed at number one. If he stays healthy, he's a top tight end. Alex Smith loves his tight ends. You can't. Talk, Reed, you want to talk ish on Alex Smith, and then you come he back with me. He likes his tight ends. Likes his tight ends. Talk ish on Alex Smith, um, and then you come. And then my second guy, Tyler Eifert. 
top talk t- ish on the Bengals. Tight end and then a couple years ago. Talk ish on my Bengals. I took him last year hoping that, that he would come back. He never did, so I ended up cutting him. But he's going to be back this year. He's going to be healthy. No, I don't know. A little bit of a sleeper there. Talk ish on my Bengals. Um, I'm going to go with uh, David Njoku uh, from the Browns. A red zone oh, target. Uh, I think him, I think the ma- three main targets for Cleveland is going to be Josh Gordon, Jarvis Landry, and David Njoku. Um, I think he's going to play big for uh, the Browns this year. Tyrod Taylor loved using, uh, what's his name, Charles Clay uh, from Buffalo. So I think he likes using tight ends, and I think David Njoku is going to have a big season. Yeah, my sleeper is also David Njoku. Drew made some great points. We've talked about this multiple times. David Njoku is going to ball this year. He's going to ball in the red zone. Him and Tyrod are going to have a connection. All right, my overrated, this is a hard pick for me, but I'm going to go Trey Burton. Uh, big Super Bowl guy last year, put his name on the map, got a big contract with the Bears. Nagy likes his tight ends, I know what people are saying. But I just don't think he has the ability to be a, what Travis Kelsey was with the Chiefs. Um, so I think people are going to take him high, and he's just not going to perform. Plus, they like Jordan Howard. They got all these new little weapons. I don't think he's going to be getting as many targets as people think. Uh, mine's going to be Evan Ingram. Uh, of the Giants. He had a big season last year, but that's just because they suck. Uh, but Odell's healthy. Uh, Sterling Shepard's there. Um, and then, you know, they got Saquon Barkley. They're going to want to run the ball a lot more. So I think Evan Ingram's going to kind of take, you know, second tier to that offense, and he's not going to be, the you know, the top option like he was towards the end of the year last year. Uh, so I'm going to just – I think people are going to take him high because of the hype of last year. But I'm going to say uh, he's going to have a little bit of a step back. Yeah, I considered Burton for my uh, tight end bust, but at the end, I decided on Jimmy Graham. Oh my <laughs> good God! You know, you know, you know, I know, I know you guys love him, but he's old. He's not old. He's old. He's, he's old, old, especially for a tight end. He's old, and he hasn't had good production in years since he was in New Orleans. Yeah, I just, he ain't have Aaron Rodgers. I don't know, man. I, I hope he's good for you guys, but I just, I don't see it. Browns do this kind of stuff all the time. They signed someone that was. Pretty good a couple years ago. They fell off and they continue to fall off. I Jimmy just Graham is going to be the top tight end this year. Bad. All right, let's go defense. Got to run a little bit quicker than we want, but, I mean, it's just defensive kickers. Uh, number one, Jaguars. Uh, Jaguars. Yeah, Jags. Two, I hate saying it, Vikings. Vikings. I got the Rams at two. Okay, I have Rams at three. Rams three. I got Vikings. Okay, three. so, yeah, top three defenses. All right, sleeper defense. Going Tennessee Titans. I like this defense. I like Dory Jackson. Uh, they got some solid pass rushers. Darrell Casey's really, really good. Um, Mike Vrabel, I think, is the big key here. He's a really good defensive coordinator. Now he's the head coach. I think they're going to focus a lot on that defense to kind of help Mariota take the pressure off. Tennessee Titans with the defense. And you got to add special teams there. Dory Jackson's a good returner. Yeah, uh, my sleeper defense. Oh, my God. Green Bay. I think uh, the Packers are going to force a lot of turnovers this year. And if you want to pick a defense, um, you know, I think you got to look at turnovers. Uh, when Green Bay won the Super Bowl, you know, that was, you know, what their defense was. It was based off turnovers. I think they led the league in turnovers. I think they're going to see a lot of that this year under new defense coordinator Mike Pettin. Um, they got young, secondary, Josh Jackson, Jair Alexander, um, athletic, um, can run around. Haha, Clinton Dix is a ball hawk back there. I think they're going to force a lot of turnovers. So I'm going to go Packers sleeper defense. Yeah, my sleeper defense is also the Titans. Travis made a bunch yep. of good points up there. I just think they're going to – they got it all figured out now, and they're going to – especially with the Dory Jackson mm-hmm. back there returning kicks. Gonna yeah. some points. Overrated. I'm going to go the Ravens. A lot of people, you know, hype the Ravens up. I think that mystique of the Ravens defense that is still left there from, you know, the Ray Lewis-Ed Reed era. Um, they have a solid defense. They have some solid pieces, and I think they'll finish top 15 in terms of defense. But I think people are going to take them high. Um in their draft because it's just you know the Ravens defense they don't have good they don't have a really good secondary uh Eric Weddle's a pretty good safety but that's pretty much it there in the secondary um they didn't do much to address that over the offseason so Ravens um I'm gonna go the Chargers I think they have a really 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 good defense I think Joey Bosa you know uh Melvin Ingram you know those are two top pass rushers and then you know, the secondary, obviously, is just unbelievable with Casey Hayward and Derwin James. But I'm just going to say they take a little bit of a step back. Um, and that's based on just because the Chargers and their health. Um, you know, I think you got to watch out for that uh, with them. 
Uh, so I'm just gonna say they take a little bit of a step back. I think teams and play or uh, fantasy players will just take them high because based off the names that they have. Um, but I would watch out and let them have one year of true, true production before I start considering them a top fantasy defense. Yeah, my bust for defense is the Texans. I just, uh, they got a lot of talent there, but they always have fights with injuries. I don't feel like Watt's going to be able to stay healthy for a full 16 games anymore. He can't ever. He's just he's, a, He sucks. <laughs> How's he suck? <laughs> you want to block him? Oh. Um, all right, we'll go kicker. A uh, little bit different. Going to be a little... A little difficult, but I'm going to go Greg Zerline, number one. Number one fantasy kicker last year. I don't think that changes. Rams got that offense. He's going to be getting them kicks in. Justin Tucker. Okay, I had Tucker at, at two, but. I also have Tucker at one. All right, two. Greg Zerline. Greg Zerline. All right. Three of Matt Bryant for the Falcons. Just been a solid kicker the last couple of years. Terman. I got to go Mason Crosby. I just got to go Mason Crosby. Solid, I guess. Uh, I like Will Lutz, the New Orleans kicker. I had him last year. He gave me a bunch of points, so I like him. Sleeper, I would say Adam Venateri. He's still automatic. Um, Colts' offense this year is going to be a little bit better with Andrew Luck if he stays healthy. Venateri's just automatic. I always pick him because you know, he doesn't miss kicks. Boswell's automatic, I think, now. Um, I'm going to go him. him. He is my sleeper. Uh, it just seems like he doesn't miss at all. Yeah, I have Boswell as my sleeper, too. He's He looks really good for the Steelers every year, so... All right, my overrated, I had Jake Elliott, the kicker for the Eagles. I like Jake Elliott, but I think he's a sleeper. I mean, I think, again, it's a Super Bowl type of thing where he made a couple good kicks in the Super Bowl, people hype him up, and then he just kind of falls back. He was a rookie last year, sophomore slump, I could see it. Um, so Jake Elliott, a little overrated for me. Um, I'm going to go Vinatieri. His ass old as hell. Uh, he's automatic. Um, His leg's probably about ready to fall off. Um, so I would go with one of these young guys over his old ass. Yeah, I mean, I don't know much about kickers. Honestly, when it comes down to it during the fantasy draft, I just take the best kicker available. But uh, for bust, I guess I have Steven Gostkowski. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That's the solid. What don't you like about Steven Gostkowski? Bro, I don't like his name. It's too long. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that's it. That's our top three rankings. Any last tips, anybody? Uh, just follow me. I'll lead the way. Everyone follow Truman. <laughs> I would I wouldn't take Saquon Barkley in the first round. I know a lot of people are doing that, and I get it, but I don't think he's such a sure thing that he should be wasted a first round pick on. I mean, he's I mean, it's like Ezekiel Elliott from a couple of years ago. Uh, but he wasn't in first automatic first rounder a couple of years he's ago. He's just it's just like too it's just too he's too talented to pass on. It seems like um, I would consider it. I probably wouldn't do it, but um, you know he's up there. Yeah, I wouldn't take a rookie like a rookie running back first round. Just, yeah. I mean, it, you know, he, he might be well, he might do good, but I just, I feel like you, there's better, more sure play, players available. All right, well, that's it for the show. Uh, we got our fantasy draft on Saturday. We'll be here on Tuesday to help break you down what what happened there. Um, we want to thank you to our sponsors, D's Home Cuts and A's Lawn Service. Ask that you go into iTunes, give us five stars, rate, review, subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at TNT Sports Talk 12 or Instagram. Uh, listen to us tomorrow on 12 Ounce from 12 to 1 or YouTube. Uh, have a great day. Thank you, Zach, for coming in today. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, that's it. Like I said, Tuesday, tune in. Another great show. And, you know, that's it. Have a great day. Thank you. Go Packers.